1: Welcome to episode number 65 of BNI, the Australian story. My name is Veronica and uh, we're in sunny Mornington Peninsula, Victoria today. Of course, with uh, our co-host and executive director in Melbourne South, Mr. Brent Edwards. Hi, Brent.
0: Hi, Veronica. I'm not sure if I've even, I haven't even had a chance to see the sun today. We, I've been that absolutely flat out. We've had a um, we had leadership team training on this morning for presidents and guests here today. Was actually on the training with me. I didn't even realize uh, he was going on the podcast. When I I tweaked when I saw the name, but I, I didn't think much more of it. But uh, yeah, we're had a real busy day today. So I haven't actually seen that. Uh, I'm sleep deprived because I was up watching Daniel Ricciardo win the Grand Prix last <laughs> night. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's all happening. So.
1: <laughs> I think one of the, um, the the wonderful things about this podcast is that we learn more about you, Brent. It's like a one to one that lasts every week for an hour every single week. We get to learn just a little bit more about you, and you're a big fan of uh, the Modex sport, aren't you?
0: Yeah, for sure. And yeah, you know, I'm really yeah. You know, it was really hard to get to sleep last night after after seeing that. But it's a good good thing. I'm pumped today because we had a really good. Uh, leadership team training session, and I've been uh, co-facilitating that with uh, Wendy Lloyd-Curley, and we've been uh, training the new lot of presidents coming through, doing the prac part of their uh, of their training, and uh, there's a great amount of knowledge being shared in there for all our leaders, not just in ours, but in all our leaders because our executive directors across Australia are actually running those sessions, and uh, they, they, they're sharing all their knowledge with everyone in the room because we know... Our leaders of our B chapters are our most important part of the business. They are the uh the face of our business. And, you know, if we can impart the best knowledge on them to run the best meeting and give our visitors and members the best experience, uh, our chapters will will prosper from that. So yeah, that's why uh yeah, really pumped from that today. And uh yeah, a big night watching the racing last night too, um, which is uh which is usually um I'm not usually my best first thing Monday morning, but I reckon I got through it okay.
1: I think we're all suffering with a little bit of uh, COVID confusion and craziness at the moment, but I love our podcast because I get to just focus in and I get to have uh, a virtual one-to-one with someone different every single week. So who is the person that we're going to learn all about today?
0: Well, we've got a 12-year member with us today, Brad Tonks from PKF. And he's calling in from Sydney, who are uh, locked down like we are at the moment, but we'll push on and get on with it. And he was a uh, founding member of BNI Spirit. So he's been around 12 years, as I said, and uh, his business does insolvency and recovery. So welcome, Brad. Tell us what insolvency and recovery um, follows. Uh, hi there. How, how are you all? Um, look, it's certainly an interesting line
2: of work i guess working in the business recovery space i'm seeing people probably in a financial sense at their worst and so it's it's working with those business owners to put strategies in place to help them turn their businesses around and and get them back to where they want to be
1: that's amazing can can i just ask brad what is your so that feels like it's a subsection of what possibly you do or have done in the past how is that? Are you a financial advisor or a broker? What is your background?
2: So my background is as an accountant. So I'm a chartered accountant.
1: Right, okay. Uh, I've been
2: doing that for a little over 23 years now. Right, okay. Um, but that insolvency, turnaround, expertise is a, a, a subset within the accounting field. Um, okay. So that's where, where my background, my skill set lies.
1: Well and truly qualified to be do helping businesses with that then because you would have seen them all, no doubt.
2: I've seen a lot of businesses, a lot of different types of people, a lot of different industries. Um,
0: every day is different, absolutely. And and Brad, Brad you're, in a, um, you're in a hot spot at the moment. How's how's things going for you there in Sydney at the moment?
2: Um, look, Sydney, I think everyone's keen to get vaccinations up so we can get a little bit more freedom. Um, but otherwise, you know, we probably thought we were going to be through three days to three weeks. With the lockdown, it's turned into three months and we're not quite there. So it's really just been adapting to the virtual world, making sure that we're maintaining our contacts and our networks in a slightly different way to what we previously have done.
0: All right. As I said before, you're a founding member of BNI Spirit. How did you find out about BNI in the first place? Because looking back 12 years, you'd be looking at about 2009?
2: Yeah, 2009, probably even into um, 2008 when I was first introduced to BNI. So, for me, sort of 10 years into my career, it became really important for me to be able to develop my own network, my own business opportunities. And so that led me to try a bunch of different things um, with accountants, with a lot of discussion groups and things like that, even Chamber of Commerce, um, looking to establish connections with the, the types of professionals that I needed to align myself to find referrals and it was actually at one of those chamber of commerce functions a dinner I went to the regional director um, at the time was presenting and talking about this business networking idea and the more he spoke the more I thought wow that's exactly what I need to be developing my network Um, and if I can concentrate that in my local area closer to home so that I'm networking closer to home save a lot of travel time because I work about 30 40 minutes away from home um, that would make perfect sense. And so uh, I went up to have a chat with him after he did his presentation and he said, yeah, well, sure, if you want to know more about it, um, I've got an information session coming up. Why don't you come along to that and I'll go through it all with you? And, and that's exactly what I did. That was my, um, I don't know, sliding doors moment, I suppose. It was just being there at the right time, him saying all the right things that resonated with me and I thought that's, that's what I need to know about. And, and so I went along to the information
0: session. So for our listeners, an information session is usually how uh, we we start up new chapters to start with. So new chapters tend to come about either where because we're professionally exclusive, people can't get into an existing chapter, or someone has seen B and I work in another part of the world and <clears throat> excuse me, and thought, well, maybe uh, we need B and I. B and I could work really well in this part of the world as well to help to help our local business community and that's how they sort of come about so um especially you know usually in those discovery sessions we'll have people who are who are really popular chapter um you know popular professions in chapters attend uh usually because they can't get into an existing chapter uh, in the suburbs and that's how they usually come about so uh, you went along to this um information session brad and what happened from there
2: Uh, So again, talking about what was involved, um, what we would be looking to achieve and grow and develop all resonated with me. And I thought, yes, I I have to be part of this. Uh, I went to see a few chapters in operation after that, and there was probably an opportunity or two as part of that to join an existing group. But one of the people I was at the information session with originally, um, a guy by the name of Nick in the bookkeeping space, he was super, super keen to get this going um, and he couldn't join these other chapters that I'd visited and he just came out and said to me, Brad, are we going to do this or not? Um, and I just thought, wow, I, I love this guy's directness, he's keen, um, he's enthusiastic and I just thought, well, you've got me, let's do it. And, and so it was really from that point forward, the two of us with the, um, the regional director uh, working away at forming that pre core group. Um, and it was the bookkeeper, really, that, that led me to start the chapter because he put me on the spot and said, are we going to do it or not?
0: Now, one of the things with these new chapters, and I'm really interest, interested in hearing from a founding member who's been with us for 12 years, and Veronica, being a launch director, would understand this. One of the biggest um, hurdles we have with um, starting a new chapter is usually people want to be in part of BNI because they haven't got a network around them because they want to build a network around them so they can collaborate with people and build their business. But coming into a brand new chapter, a key thing is bringing people in, inviting them and growing the chapter from the members in there with their best contacts. And that's one thing people seem to struggle with in a new chapter. And uh, how did you guys go about that and uh, how did you actually grow to get launched?
2: Yeah, you're right. That's certainly a challenge because you're starting from a a zero platform and I think in some respects we probably did it the hard way by having to build it ourselves rather than jump into something that was already existing but I think over the last 12 years I've really been able to benefit from that because going through um, the setup of a chapter and growing it from from scratch with those people forms a really tight bond and an understanding between you and a lot of those people I did that with I'm still members with today and so yes it was a bit tougher it was hard work but gee it was worthwhile um, once you've you've put in that hard work and it was really just about everyone following the system so with that pre core process who are we going to invite how do we reach out what are our existing networks how do we encourage people to come along how do we show them about what we're trying to build here how do we show them what a meeting looks like once it's actually up and running how do we launch and so we did all those things together and you, you, you miss out on that when you join an existing chapter. Uh, and that was really, really enlightening.
1: I think, I think uh, it's... <laughs> yeah, <hang> on, <laughs> Sorry, Brent. I just, um, I think one of the things as a member and as someone who's launched a chapter, I, I think we forget as members, because many of us have not had the experience of being part of a launch chapter, that launching doesn't stop. You launch the chapter and then once you get big enough, all you do is keep bringing visitors and you keep launching, but you're leveraging from bigger numbers. And I think if um, when you join a launch chapter, you have the ability of being part of that culture that's been formed, that core culture that you're forming. And it's so important. When you join an established chapter, you're really the outsider coming in, you're learning the system, but you're also trying to become a part of the culture and Finn. i think it's very special if you can get into a launch chapter and i think if you've got the backbone to stick it out you'll, you will you will always benefit from that as a member because you've launched you'll know how to bring visitors you'll know how to leverage in a chapter that's got bigger numbers you'll know how to do the system and you'll just do it better the bigger the chapter gets
0: absolutely yeah and it's very satisfying being a i, I think you'll find brad and i've been in that situation myself with my first chapter, it's very satisfying being a founding member and just looking back on what you built and what you went through. And, you know, those, those bond, the bond with the other founding members, it sticks with you forever. Because Absolutely. Your, and I think when you, actually when you build something. it,
2: you, you feel like you you own it. There's a part of you in that. It's, you know, it's, it's got part of your traits in there and, and the way you do things and the, the people you brought to the group. And, um, you know, I think it's really important that you feel like you're a joint owner of b when you go to a meeting and you've got, you know, 30, 40 people around you, um, that when everyone feels like they own a part of it, I think that's when you get terrific buy-in from the people in
0: the room. Yeah. So you fast forward 12 years, um, you've been in b for 12 years. How do you keep motivated and how, you, how do you, um, what's your plan to leverage the opportunity from your group? Because you obviously can't. Um, like, there's not many people within your BNI chapter who can use your services directly.
2: Yeah, that, that's that's true. I mean, um, what b i for me is it's very much about investing. It's, it's not that hunting. And when I went to some other networking-type events in Chamber of Commerce, for me, I just felt like I walked in the room and everyone wanted to sell to me. Um, and I'm totally uncomfortable with doing that myself. I, I hate feeling like I'm selling to someone. Um So it's about building a network. And for me, uh, having B&I not just gave me the network of the people that I was in the room with, but it also gave me a greater network through them. So for me, I'm not going to my meetings each week thinking how am I going to sell to the people in the room. Really what I'm trying to do is try and through that generate a bigger network of people that I can talk with, that I can advise, not sell to. So it's really through the room, not in the room, is, is how I've gone about investing in that network.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, training your team to find you the referrals you want here is key. Um, and a lot of people make the mistake of selling, selling to the room and, or, or, being, or being too general when they actually, uh, when they're doing their weekly requests of who they actually want to meet. And uh, when you're too, too general, people will say, oh, it's just too hard, and they won't actually put you in front of that person. But, you know, training that team on what to look for is key and where to find those prospects and, and who that person is you actually want to meet and have them out there looking for those prospects because they're well-armed and they know what to do, um, yeah, is absolutely uh, is absolutely key with this as well. Um, I'm sure you agree. So your market is actually outside the room, and you're a great example of that because I don't think you'll have many people insolvent within the B&I chapter you'll be dealing with. No,
2: well, they're going great, and so I'm leveraging off how great they're doing and all of the other business advisors and accountants and lawyers that they deal with to help grow my network.
1: How did you end up picking that particular specialty? So when you joined B&I originally, was it in...? Um, in the the recovery space, or were you an accountant coming in, which is a coveted, I mean, people generally die or retire before they leave their B&I chapter if they're an accountant. So did you go in as an accountant and then get into recovery as a specialty, or did you come in as that from the get-go?
2: No, from the get-go. So whilst I I fall under the accounting banner, um, I've been working in that specialist area of accounting since I started practice. And there's also additional qualifications and additional education that goes towards my specialty beyond what most accountants would do. So I add a lot of value to accountants that are general practitioners by nature. They, they help um, a lot of, for instance, family businesses, probably help a couple of generations um, of, of people, and they look after 99% of their daily needs, a bit like your general practitioner. doctor would be if you've, you've got a cough or a sore throat. Um, but every now and then there's a niggle or something serious that's going on that needs to be referred to a specialist. And so a little bit like it works, I suppose, in the health industry um, is where I bolt on really well to work with other business advisors that have got a client that's fallen into an area that is not that advisor's area of expertise. And so I've been specialising in that since I started practice and, and that was the first seat I had at, at b and I was part of the core group, so I got to choose my seat and that was the one I
0: chose. I love it. Now, when you joined B&I 12 years ago, did you ever envisage that you'd get a referral for someone in Melbourne to look after?
2: No, not really. Um, as I said, I, I joined um, to try and do my networking closer to home. Um, and, you know, by doing that a few kilometres up the road, I've had referrals that have, that have been... Coast to coast um, throughout Australia, and, and including you know, helping people in Melbourne over the last twelve months with some of the challenges that they've had.
1: Are they been from BNI Connect?
2: No, actually, um, no, not usually from BNI Connect. It's it's again, it's through the people in the room, and so I know the people in my chapter. Um, some of them were born in Victoria, uh, grew up there, moved to Sydney. Um, or they've come from other states, they've practised in different parts of the country, they've got family in different parts of the country. So, you know, it's probably naive of me to think that joining a local networking group would get me work closer to home. Um, those broader networks, the networks within the networks have, have taken me right across the country with with referral opportunities.
0: So, so not only connecting from people who find you and being I Connect who need your specialty, no matter where they are in the country, but Uh, members of your group and their connections have actually put you down and you've been able to deal interstate and help people even during lockdowns and all that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and even within different chapters. So those networks, those introductions that I've had have been to other business advisors in that general practice space of other chapters, Um, certainly in and around Sydney, and I've I've met a lot of them face-to-face. And so, again, that's a networking opportunity uh, that, that just adds directly onto what I've already been
0: investing in, is, is new people and new contacts that I can work with. Yeah. So 12 years in B&I, Brad, what's been the biggest thing that you think that's probably influenced, um, change that's probably influenced the way we do things over the last 12 years? What's, what's been, what's had the biggest impact with you?
2: well I think the way the chapter operates the biggest change is probably around the digital online space um and I think with the the way the app works and and some of those things has been a terrific evolution of the system it's still the same system it just operates on a on a different platform um a crazy 12 18 months with, with COVID and what that's meant for people in business and trying to continue or grow existing networks so I'm amazed at how well it's transferred onto an online platform. I love the face-to-face meetings that I have with my members, but until I can get back there, I love the virtual meetings in its place. Um, So I think that's probably the biggest change about the way that chapters operated. Um, For me, it's still really the same. It's really the same approach I've always had, which is to form strong relationships and trust with the people i'm connected to so that i get to leverage that so that they'll trust me or introduce me to to the next layer and the layer beyond so referrals for me that come from being i rarely tier one referrals um in fact they're really tier two uh, it's almost got to be tier three before that leads to an opportunity where i can actually truly be engaged and help someone
1: if anyone's listening so tier one referral is when we refer to each other within a chapter. Um, but what we're really looking to do is help members to get those tier two referrals. So uh, enable our own networks and activate our own networks and refer to those people, to our members in the room. So it's exciting when you're seeing those tier three referrals coming through as well, because that's when someone that you know also knows someone and that uh, that referred referral just keeps on giving.
2: And I think it's only through investing in the network. Um, a hunting or a sales approach doesn't give you access to tier three.
1: Have you yeah. learnt a lot of this? Obviously you've been in business for a very long time, but when you joined BNI, did you learn more? Has the education been useful to you as, a, as an experienced business owner who is who's, who's qualified and very educated in what he does? Has BNI taught you even more in business? Yeah,
2: absolutely. And I think it, it helps you refine those things in practice. And if you look at the way a chapter runs, it, it's it, it runs like a business. Um, our chapter turns over anywhere between about three and four million dollars a year. Wow! Yeah. Um, and so it's a it's a three or four million dollar business. And the tips around the networking that you have as part of that, um, the principles around establishing trust and relationships carries over into every business. Um, the way you go about generating those contacts, the role of a visitor host, um, the role of, of the MC, and and the um, HR issues you see in your own business um, acting as a <clears throat> setting a great example as a, a president um, th- these, these things transfer across business. Um, it, for me these are principles that are emphasized and, and taught really well through B and I but they're universal.
0: Yeah for sure. Hey, some great advice here today and uh, and some great thoughts on on uh, on what you do. What would be the one thing you would uh, give to one tip you'd give to a member to achieve success in BNI, and this is something we ask all our guests on this podcast, Brad. So uh, give us the one key KPI that you think people should really focus on within their groups.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, for me, um, I think it's really about investing in that network. So I would say don't don't underestimate the strength that comes with a diverse network, because for me, I think that's something really worth investing in. So if you focus on that, uh, I I think anyone would do well
0: in that environment. I always like to say you never know who they they know. And that is so true when you walk into a group into a room of people. Hey, Brad, it's been great having you on and sharing your thoughts today. And uh, congratulations on being a 12-year member and a founding member of BNI. We ask all, um, we give the opportunity to all our guests to uh, give their business a bit of a plug. So where can people find you?
2: Sure. So my name is Brad Tonks. I'm at PKF Business Recovery uh, Services. You can find us online if you Google Brad Tonks PKF.
0: um, I'll only be a click away. Fantastic, Brad. Great to see you again. Wasn't expecting to share a podcast and a, and a training with you on the same day, but uh, great to be on. So, uh, Veronica, over to you. Uh,
1: so many things that that is just going in my mind at the moment, but I think it was just really great timing that Brad was talking about leadership changeover, especially when we're looking at B&I as a business, and I'm thinking about Brad, 12 years ago, going into a launch chapter, if someone had walked up to Brad and said, look, we're launching a 3 to $4 million business, and we want you to be a part of it and help us grow that, I wonder what the mindset would have been for any member joining a launch chapter rather than saying, come along and join our network because we need to grow it to 25 members, looking at it like a business and saying, come and join our, our group of people who, who are growing this Three, four, five million dollar business, and we all want to ha- help each other succeed. That's what we do in BNI. So I just think it was really great that he mentioned that. And if we can have a bit of a mindset change for all of our leaders when they're going into their new positions, to think about the role that they play within BNI and how that actually, um, how, comparatively, how that looks in their own business. I think that's really, really valuable. But I just wanted to um, just uh, say to you that Friday night, you and I were on a trivia night for a chapter. And I just wanted to shout out to all the members that are creating virtual events for chapters during this time and to say to people, don't underestimate the power of connecting virtually when we can't do it face to face at the moment. And Brad actually mentioned that we cannot wait. All of us want to get back face to face, but it's so important. Don't hold off doing an event just because you're not face to face. There's Pictionary, there's um, uh, um, Trivia Nights, we've had just the normal happy hour. There's also uh, lots of uh, Zoom apps now that you can upload that have got games on them. And if you reach out to your BNI region or, or network, there's lots of people who would love to be trivia hosts and that are really good at doing this stuff, that can put together these events. So to all the chapters out there, don't wait, put together an online virtual event, make sure people keep connecting. During this time, until we get back face to face,
0: for sure, absolutely agree. Thank you to all our members doing that and putting themselves out there to organise that and keep our uh, fellow their fellow members motivated.
1: We had a we had an absolute ball, and it's great to get to know everybody. Um, so, Brent, what is your tip for the week?
0: Well, we spoke about the change of leadership, and um, you know, strong leaders in our organization really make our organization having the best quality people so today i'd like to give four tips to be a stronger leader okay the first one is lead by example and so if you're in a leadership team role in your chapter lead by example so do the do the right thing even though even when no one's watching okay um number two is communicate early and often so you know um, share your vision, celebrate success, but also um, you know accept feedback uh, from your team. Your, your team within your BNI group are your most important stakeholders uh, in your in your group. So um, you know communicate with them well. And um, the the next one is you know encourage proactivity. So um, set a tone, set some goals, and um, share those goals so people are all a part of it and get people engaged to share that productivity. And uh, so everyone contributes and when everyone's contributing, we make a really powerful business unit. And the last one is have fun. You've got to have fun with these things and uh, if you're enjoying what you're doing, a lot of things become a lot easier and I always say make your meeting the best part of the week for everyone and if you're having fun and people are enjoying it and it's something people want to go to, And they're looking forward to you're going to get the best results out of
1: it oh what a that's actually a fantastic tip this week i've written my own notes and i'm going to share that with my own chapters so thank you for that thank you so much to steve our podcast producer um and one day we will reveal you to the world steve we're going to show everybody we might even do a podcast uh, video style and we will reveal you to the world because we couldn't do it without you thank you And thank you, Brett, again, all the way from Sydney. We wish all of our Sydney and anyone who's locked down in Australia, all of our members, all the very best. Thank you, Brett. We'll see you same time next week.
0: Thanks, mate.